welcome, 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 everybody, and and uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Formula. And today I'm with my daughter. What do you think uh, would be good for people to get out of out of this podcast? Um, I think it could be like a really positive getaway from like all the negative stuff that like is involved in their lives and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I think from the Barnes family, we just hope you get a little bit of that positive, that that getaway from the negative, like Gabby said. And so so thank you, Gabby. I appreciate you helping me uh, do this intro. Yep. Well, welcome, welcome, man. It's another edition of The Formula, you know, and uh, it's always a blessing to be able to uh, come together and, and memorialize you know, a message that, that means something, you know, and today I'm with, you know, a couple of people that's, uh, that's near and dear to me, you know, and uh, I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. I'm Brian and I'm a member of the RRW team. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of this, uh, positivity. I'm Bill. I'm, uh, I do some work around here. Um, this is a good subject. I, I feel like it's going to hit home in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, and, and you know, we kind of chopping it up a little bit before we got started, man. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, like, lately just all the events around RW and just everything, like, in our own personal lives and everything like that. You, you know, like, people always, you know, before I was, I was kind of, like, in this place of where it was, like, I was feeding into, it's the white man. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hell no, nah. you know. And I start thinking about it, right? It's like, nah, it ain't, it ain't, it's not that. Because in fact, um, the success that 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 I have is because of people who are white, right? I'm I'm here for that reason, you know. I mean, yeah, there were people of color that helped me, you know, my mom, my dad, you know, and that like that. But but really, the ones that was batting the most that that looked like me. It was my mom and my dad. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It wasn't no, and my uncle, I got an uncle in Florida, man. He down like four flats. You know, he, he, you know, he helps me with a lot of things, but I'm telling you, man, in general, oh no. And so, you know, so as we start talking about getting into this subject of, you know, racism and, and, and white, white versus, you know, whatever else we try to, we try to put on it, you know, it's like, we got to get real about it, man, and be like, there's some not truth to this, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. so, you know, so I'm black and my brother Brian is, is native and white and, and my partner Bill is white, you know, and we've connected on a real level already outside of the podcast, you know? So, so really being able to chop it up in honesty about an issue like this is a, is a powerful thing, you know? So, um, any thoughts before we listen to this? I, I like to get a little snippet of these little, uh, these little YouTube things and today we're gonna listen to little wayne but before we get into it any thoughts about the topic it's an incredible topic especially with the native and the non-native community in klamath county because of the water rights issues yeah um you know the ranchers and farmers ain't going nowhere the indigenous population isn't going anywhere and this critical conversation has to take place for us to move forward as a community and that starts with having this conversation. There was a native bro who cried a few weeks ago, and he's like, I love your mom, and he's a full-blooded native. My mom's completely white, 
and nobody looks at her like that. They don't see her skin color. Yeah. You know, and she's always been a part of the native community and taking care of natives and Mexicans and blacks. And we've always understood from my mom's perspective that people are human. Yeah. And that's what right. shaped my mentality around looking at a human instead of, uh, trying to see their color. <laughs> Did you just say it's important to look at people like they're humans? <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> it's the most important aspect of humanity. Dang it, man. Dinga. I think, I think when you talk about racism, uh, and, I mean, if we're being honest, you know, Be honest. I, I feel like it's, it's so prevalent out there. Yeah. Um, but it's not always, it's not always the white guy that's, Pushing the racism, you right? Know, I, I feel like I've been subject to to racism myself. Um, we were just talking about, you know, the sweat lodge when I was in prison. Um, I know, I know some. I've been here a long time. I know some natives that uh, are very dear to my heart. Um, I was invited to a sweat, and there were some natives that didn't like it. You know, because I, I didn't roll with the natives in prison. Um, but my mom's native. Um, my sisters are super dark like you. Um, I'm the only one that came out like this. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. But the, one of the natives that, that knows me and knew my mom uh, for years, he was like, yeah, you guys don't even know. You know, Bill's, Bill's probably more native than most of you guys. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And. I just let it go. You know, it's not a, it's not an issue with me, but, but it's there. Yeah. Racism yeah. is there, man. It really is. It, it is our issue though. Yeah. It's, it is. it's predicated on us to uh, say something when we experience something like that, because it's our lived experiences that allows us to have this conversation that nobody wants mm -hmm. to have without yeah. these types of conversations. Racism is going to continue to live on. And the only way we combat racism is through creating communication and, and caring about one another as, as human beings in a humane manner. I keep we, hearing that word, <clears throat> human beings. Yeah. You know, and just really looking at a person, mm -hmm. you know, not getting caught up in, you know, he shouldn't be at the sweat because he don't look native. As, right. Right. He don't look native enough. Or he, he shouldn't say, you know, he shouldn't, have a relationship with this person because he's not black enough or, you know, all those dynamics is what happens. Right. And like you say, Brian, we got to say something. Yeah. You know, we can't just not say anything because like that don't work either. It's important to, to I think it is. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. maybe, maybe I came across different on that, but no. I think it's important to, to have the conversation and it's important to teach our young mm. about it because that's our future. Yeah. You know, and if they're growing up in a home with, you know, racism, you know, I mean, some of them might vary and have their own opinions on it. But a lot of people, a lot of children follow after their parents. Yeah. Um, in all kinds of ways. But it's so. simpler than that. It's when children see that it's OK to express your feelings because every human being has their right to their feelings. Right. Then these children will understand that they you know, can validate their feelings and disagree with somebody that, you know, and it's okay to disagree with somebody because 
what they're doing or what they're saying is completely and totally wrong and it goes against you know how you're raised and you don't even have to be raised right to know racism when you see it or when you experience it when you feel it and so growing up you know in this community it was okay to watch a man beat a woman you know or listen to my father who's a complete you know full-blooded native american you know speak you know completely out of pocket about racism and and he made it okay and he normalized that behavior and because i spent more time with my mom than my siblings you know i had to fight my siblings and tell them like that's not how we're supposed to be raised that's not how we treat each other um because of my grandmother and my grandfather that's where i spent most of my life and that gave me an opportunity to see people as human beings and not you know what you know, because I had long hair that, and somebody else didn't have long hair or had red skin and they had, you know, black skin or yellow skin. And then I always go back to that, right? Even when I had this ability to look at a, an application and tell my employer, I'm not a color or I'm not this, you know, I'm a human being because I don't see people as color. I see them as human beings. So I, I, I don't agree with that in the sense that we we lessen each other by calling each other color because we're not colors, we're human beings. And human beings have to have their feelings validated because at the end of the day, everybody has the right to their feelings. But what I don't have the right to do is infringe on your feelings or uh, tell you that you shouldn't feel some type of way when you see racism or when you experience it because that's not okay. Right. Yeah, so much resonated with what you just said. You know, um, the thing that, so I didn't grow up in the United States. I grew up overseas. So, like, I wasn't exposed to nothing like racism, like, until I was, like, almost 18. And then, so here I am, brown belt in the martial arts. You know what I'm saying? Three or four different disciplines in Susanville. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Working out five times a week. You know what I'm saying? And then somebody called me a nigger. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, nah, I'm finna hurt you. Yeah. And and you know, um, and what I noticed is in that, cause cause I've always had handles. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, even though people knew they would get beat up, the racism was so entrenched in the way that they thought and processed and lived that they was okay. Like they would continue to be willing to get beat up day after day, and they knew they weren't gonna win the fight. Yeah. And so it brings me back to what you said, um, Brian, a minute ago, like having a fight with your siblings. So this racism gets so entrenched in who we are that we're willing to turn on our own siblings. Yeah. Like to, to, to establish this position, right? I'm not going to let no uh, white person make me feel like nothing or or put me in whatever the whatever the logic was, yeah. right? Because there was logic behind your dad's racism. There was logic behind, you know, the the situation at the sweat. There was logic behind how these people, there's people in our community, believe it or not, that don't like me because I'm black. <laughs> but Dang it. Th- but, yeah, but they know, need to they need to get to talk to you. They need to get to know you. That's right. But but see what happens is with racism Racism is like, um, it's like poison, right? It's like, it's like poison. It's like, it's like a big wall. It's like all these things that separate us from the truth. 
racism separates you from the truth because the truth is, is that that's your blood. You yeah. see what I'm saying with you, Brian? And the truth is that you as more native than they are, right, Bill? And so the truth is that my color doesn't make me less of a human being. And that's the truth. So when we, when we can use racism to separate us from the truth, then we can assume our position. And we, we're not human no more. It's dehumanizing. Racism is, in fact, dehumanizing. Yeah. One, of my, one of my partners, that's an Army sniper, he told me something that made a lot of sense. He said, he said, man, do you know how I can kill kids in the war? And I go, how? He said, the Army trained you to call them insurgents, dehumanizing them, give them a label. They're not kids, they're insurgents. So now I can get that sniper rifle out and knock them down because I've dehumanized them. So, so I think, you know, the, 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 the larger conversation today is really about thinking about the experiences that we've already shared because people are willing to throw racism into a position in our lives that completely dehumanizes us and creates this barrier that allows people not to have to see us. And they weaponize it, right? It's, well, yeah, there you go, weaponize it. People weaponize racism as a means to have the ability to try to hurt you. Damn. And it's incredibly infected every part of our society, um, upper class, lower class, impoverished. And you're right, like, and it's not just, you know, the, the Caucasian community or the native community or the Mexican community or the, or the African community or the Cuban community or the Italian community or the German community. And it's a way to subjugate people. It's a way to laterally oppress people. Mm. It's a way to keep people focused on each other and focused on the problem instead of f focusing on a solution to an idea that was created by, you know, an ancient culture of conquer and divide. Right. And, and we've divided ourselves into either colors or religions or spiritualities or mm. any type of label that you can find that's different. Yeah. But the reality Ooh. is, is we have to find things that we have in common with each other to make us see each other in a different way because you're right, dehumanization is, is what they do in prison. Dehumanization is, is what the tribe is doing to each other. Dehumanization is what, you know, people killing their own kind do, right? And it's, it's a way for people to feel some type of way about each other or really ignore the truth. And when we speak truth to power, that's where it comes in is we have a, a raw emotion when it comes to our, our inability to uh, focus on the issue. And the issue is not racism. The issue is how do we get from impoverished to healthy, you know, communities where we cohabitate, even though I pray with a feather instead of a Bible or somebody prays seven times a day because they're Muslim. And you're right. We, we condemn a whole race just because of a few fanatics out of each, 
each core group. You know, um, I had one bad experience with a, you know, an ex-fiance. So I can't condemn the whole species because I had one bad experience. But that's what we do. Right, right. That's how we're taught. You know, we're taught to believe that we can, we can condemn a whole group of people based off one bad experience. But that bad experience is, allows people to grow and understand because you're right at the end of the day, a guilty conscience doesn't need an accuser. 